You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hey everyone, this is Connie and welcome back to another episode of Awaken Radio and welcome to my first ever Q&A episode. I can't believe it's taken me 90 episodes to do a Q&A, but I'd honestly just never thought about doing it before. But the other day I put a little call out on my stories and I said, ask me anything. I want to do a Q&A episode and answer your questions. And I had over 65 questions come through in around 24 hours uh, of things you wanted me to talk about. So I have so much to cover and dive into with you today. And I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really excited about it. It's something a little bit different. um, And obviously it's going to add a lot of value to all of you because I'm speaking specifically to the things that you most want to know about. Some of the questions in here are more personal questions for me around, you know, my beauty practices, skincare, my health and health routines, different things you want to know about me. But there's also some great questions here around my business journey, how I set up my business, life coaching specifically. Uh, There's questions around relationships, self-love and friendships. And there's beautiful questions as well around receiving guidance, tapping into higher guidance, um, how I receive guidance from my spirit guides, and also working in with the divine plan of our lives, particularly when things don't unfold the way we want or expect. So I've categorized the questions all together in groups as best as I can, and I'm going to move through them pretty quickly and give pretty succinct answers just to make sure I can cover as many questions as possible. If you notice that your question hasn't been answered, just please know that I have made note of it. And if I don't answer it in this episode, I will definitely cover it in a future Q&A episode, or some of these may actually get their own solo episode altogether because they're fantastic questions that I wanna dive deeper into. Before I dive into answering all of your questions, I just want to let you know that enrollments for Slow Down and Tune In close this Sunday, the 6th of October. I am so excited to lead this beautiful nine-week journey that is going to be all about dropping back into deeper connection with yourself, working on your relationship with yourself, awakening the presence of your heart energy, your inner guidance, your intuition, your body wisdom, and feeling in alignment and supported by the universe and working in with the divine plan of your life. We're also going to be focusing a lot on how to feel more calm, centered, grounded, present and empowered as you move through your life. So you're less swayed and tossed around by the various things happening outside of you. And you're feeling like you are the source of how you want to feel and you're able to manage and create your own inner state regardless of what's going on around you. So if you are interested in joining Slow Down and Tune In, go to ConnieChapman.com slash tune in. As I said, enrollments close this Sunday, the 6th of October. And I don't know when I'm next going to run a live round of this course. So this could be your final opportunity to join. We've already got a wonderful, beautiful group of people who have signed up to join this journey. And I would love for you to join us as well. Just go to ConnieChapman.com slash tune in. Okay, so I'm going to dive in now to answering your questions. I'm going to start with some of the more simple, quickfire ones that are related to things you want to know about me, and then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into all of the other beautiful questions that you have. So let's get started. Okay, first question. Have you heard of human design? What energy type are you? I am a generator. 
I don't know much about it. A single definition, again, don't know what that means, but that's what I am. How do you stay motivated to stay healthy? Um, I'm really motivated by how I feel. It's just so important to me that I feel clear-headed and energized and radiant and vibrant, particularly in the work that I do. I need to be able to tap into my intuition and show up for other people and show up in the world. So I have to feel good and confident in my body. And I find whenever I don't eat well, I'm more likely to start procrastinating and hiding and avoiding what I need to get done. So I'm really motivated by feeling good. I think that's what inspires me to stay healthy. Okay, this one is a good one. What is your favorite evening or bedtime routine? I would say my evening routine actually begins as soon as I wrap up work, which is sometimes at like four or five in the afternoon. And I think it's really important to do something that signals to your body that work is done, that it's time to start relaxing. So it could be changing clothes, just simply changing into more relaxing clothes, having a shower, having a bath, going out for a walk. But for me, it's usually a bath and I begin winding down after I have my bath and I will obviously wash my body, wash my face. Once I get out of the bath, I will use my jade roller on my face. I'll give myself a coconut body oil massage and then I'll get into my little Sheridan bathrobe. I'll cook some nice dinner for myself um, and just enjoy eating that. I usually don't watch much television. I might watch a little bit of stuff on Netflix. And then ideally, I just get into bed really early. Sometimes I will diffuse some essential oils in my bedroom to help me relax. I might read a book. I might massage some magnesium oil into the bottom of my feet to help me relax. Um, but yeah, my, my evening routine begins as soon as my work day ends. And I found that works really well for me because it gives me a lot of time to wind down and relax. The other thing I would say here as well is that I eat dinner relatively early at about 6 p.m., even sometimes earlier, to ensure I have a lot of time to digest my food before I get into bed. The other thing that I just want to mention here as well is that I am in a relationship and so on the nights that my boyfriend is here, I can't really say much of that happens. That's more of the type of evening routine I would do when I'm by myself and I'm just having a nice little relaxing night alone. But when I'm with him, a lot of that goes out the window and that's actually been one of my biggest learning curves this year is how to still maintain doing all the self-care, self-love things that I love um, while being in relationship with him. And I can't say that I've got it perfect just yet. So on the nights that he is here, yeah, my time is really about being with him and doing what we want to do together rather than doing my little solo routine. Okay, next question. What are your top health tips? I find it so important to just listen to your body when it comes to health and really uncover what works for you because we are all different. And I have found over the years, I've found a way of eating that works really well just by deeply listening to how my body responds to different foods. I've tried everything from being vegan to being raw, paleo, high fat, fruit only, all different things. And you really just have to listen to what works best for your body. But in general, I would say cutting out refined sugar, gluten and dairy really helped me. Eating a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. I would say my diet is about 80% vegetables and that works really well for my body. Um, choosing whole grains over refined grains and eating whole foods. So eating food in their natural state wherever possible because you're getting the most vitamins and minerals and no additional fillers and chemicals and preservatives and all that additional stuff that's so often in our food. And on that point, I tend to read ingredients lists a lot because I like to know what is in what I'm eating and 
if an ingredients list is too long and is full of things that I don't even know what those things are, I don't want to eat that. And I can't imagine that's very good for my body. So I try to eat things in their pure form and with the least number of ingredients as possible. Obviously, drinking a lot of water is important. And I would also say practicing self-love because I believe your body listens to everything you say. And so through speaking to your body in really kind and gentle and loving ways, I actually believe that's how you create your healthiest, most radiant self. All right, let's talk skincare. A lot of people asked me about my skincare products and skincare routine. So what you might find interesting about this is that I'm not going to list off a whole range of natural products that I'm using. And you may be expecting that. I have spent a lot of years using natural products on my skin and I'm a huge advocate for clean living, for taking out toxins and chemicals and all of that stuff. But when it comes to caring for my face, I have just found that since I've been using uh, quite specialized dermatological products, products recommended by my beautician, the health of my skin is just incredible. For the past 18 months, I've been working with my beautician, um, seeing her every six weeks consistently, working on a lot of cleansing and hydrating of my skin, doing different treatments, LED treatments as well. And my skin health, my skin resilience, has just improved so much. Um, My skin breaks out less, it's less sensitive, it's less red, it's less irritated, and it's just so much healthier. So I will share with you what I'm using. I think it's really about doing what is right for you and not judging anyone else for their choices, even if you don't agree, for example, with what they're using. But I begin with using one of the magic mitts. It's one of those ones that you can just wet and then put it straight on your face and it takes off all of your makeup. I use one by Jane Iredell, but you can get a lot of different ones. I then cleanse with a cleanser by Skin Institute uh, and it's their lactic cleanser. And I actually just find I either cleanse once or twice and it just leaves my skin feeling really, really clean, but not dry at all. If I exfoliate, I'll also use the Skin Institute glycolic exfoliant. And I'm just really gentle with that. It's quite um, abrasive, but I use it very gently, maybe once or twice a week as an exfoliant. I then moisturize with a vitamin A moisturizer by Environ. And again, this is recommended by my beautician and vitamin A has been fantastic for improving the health of my skin. And I really love using that. I will use my Jade Roller to then just help that cream get uh, absorbed and to give my face a little massage. And that is pretty much my skincare routine. It's really simple. I don't use a lot of products, but I've just through a lot of experimentation found products that work super well for me. For makeup, I use a mineral makeup by Lycogel, um, which again, I, I get from my beautician. That's a really beautiful matte mineral makeup. I use a bronzer by Nude by Nature. Um, I've been washing my hair with Bondi Boost and I'm absolutely loving that shampoo and conditioner. It is rebuilding my hair. Um, That's a relatively natural product, Bondi Boost, and it's fantastic for strengthening and rebuilding your hair if it's broken or damaged. And then I use coconut oil on my body um, as my body moisturizer. So that is my regime. Okay, let's move on to some questions around relationships, both relationship with ourselves and relationships with others. Firstly, how did you move through the lonely moments of being single? Mm, Yeah, this is a beautiful question. First of all, I think it's okay to feel lonely and it's understandable if you feel lonely. So don't ever make yourself wrong for that. 
When I was going through a long period of being single, I tried to feel really grateful for the time that I had because I knew that one day I wouldn't have that time. Either when I was in a relationship or once I had a family, I knew I would yearn for this single solo time again. So I really just tried to appreciate it and make the most of it. I learned how to sit with my loneliness as well through that time and just allow myself to be with that feeling, to own my desire for connection and not make myself wrong for that. And also just learn how to really be in my own company and be my own best friend, to enjoy my alone time. I used it to explore things for myself, things like my work, things I was interested in, working on my health and fitness, spending time with my friends. So I think you've got to just try to find the positives and the benefits of where you are, feel grateful for it, and also just be gentle in yourself because it's totally okay to feel lonely sometimes. Question here, how do we leave friendships that no longer feel good without then feeling lonely and isolated? Look, I found that when you do start to let go of friendships, there may be little periods where you are alone and when you're not getting as much connection as you're used to having. And that's going to be part of it. There's there's a little bit of an, a space and an emptiness that comes from letting go of anything. But this gives you the opportunity to get clear on the type of friendships you want to call in instead. So I would get really clear now on the types of friendships you want to have, the types of connections that you want to create, and then think about where those types of people hang out and where you can start to meet and connect with those people. Is it at certain workshops or events that you could go to? Are these people in online communities? Can you reach out to someone online who you'd love to connect with and catch up with? Um, I think it's both about having the courage to let go and be with yourself and create the space uh, rather than filling it up, but then also getting out there and really consciously connecting with the types of people that you want to have as friends. Do you have any tips on manifesting a healthy, safe, long-term relationship? Great question. And what I felt to ask is, do you have a healthy, safe, committed relationship with yourself? Because I do believe the quality of our relationships are reflective of the relationship we have with ourselves. So make sure you are working on your self-love and your self-worth. Make sure you are focusing on being the source of what you want to feel. So giving to yourself the feelings you most want to feel because your partner is just going to mirror back and reflect what you've created within. Ensure you are treating yourself with love and respect. Fully show up for yourself. Honor yourself. Don't speak badly to yourself. Commit to yourself and what's most important to you. And I would suggest listening to my most recent episode on self-devotion. Tips on staying committed to your self-love journey, especially while in a romantic relationship. Mm. (sighs) So important to have boundaries. So you're really maintaining your own space, time and energy outside of the relationship. Make sure that there is time that is still reserved just for you and what is important to you. Decide on your key self-love practices that you really want to commit to. So you may not have time to do all of them in the way that you used to before you were in a relationship, but maybe decide what's almost a non-negotiable for you. Is it your morning routine? Is it your exercise that you do, that yoga class you go to? You know, for me, it's my nighttime bath. Um, I'm really committed to my work, which is part of my self-love. Ensure that you're also still getting a lot of love and connection through your friendships. So you're not just letting your friendships fall away now that you're in a relationship. 
And also just notice in any time that you're getting a little bit needy uh, in your relationship, that that's a time to actually step away and give to yourself and fill yourself up from within. All right. I love this next question. Tips for sourcing feminine, sensual energy and completeness as a single woman. There is definitely so much that you can be doing while you're single to still activate all of that energy. Dance is a phenomenal one. Get a morning dance practice going and play really sensual feminine music and give yourself time every day to dance right into your hips and through your body into that music. Use touch. So touch is beautiful for connecting with ourselves, feeling that feminine sensuality. Give yourself a delicious body massage. Go and get a a massage from someone else and and allow yourself to receive touch. And make sure there's a lot of affection in your friendships with your girlfriends. You know, be touchy, give each other cuddles and really get that uh, need met that way. I would say explore your sensuality through your senses. So really uncover what works for you in each of your senses, what tastes and sights and sounds and feelings and things that you love that activate all of your senses and get you feeling that really delicious, juicy, feminine feeling. And then finally, I would say have a self-pleasure practice, like a pretty frequent, regular self-pleasure practice and really get to know your own body, know what you like and enjoy. Get yourself perhaps a crystal pleasure wand. I know there's a lot of people out there that sell them. Um, Check out the Yoni Pleasure Palace, which is run by my friend Rosie. She's incredible. And there's so many beautiful things that you can explore on there that will help you activate pleasure in your own body, even while you're single. Question here. How did you know you were ready for love? Hmm. I think we're all always ready for love. I don't think there's anything that we have to do really to be ready. And we're all always worthy of love too. We don't have to do anything to earn that. But I think the readiness came from one, feeling like I'd had a lot of time by myself being single and I'd really completed that chapter and I'd gone so deep into loving myself and being okay being alone, clearing up residual energy from past relationships, getting really clear on what I wanted and what I deserved. And I think that made me feel really ready to call in and receive love from the external, you know, through a person. But I also just really want to stress, you know, remember, you don't have to be perfect to call in love. You don't have to be healed. You don't have to be anything. I think we are all always worthy and ready for love in any moment. Okay, the next one, and I knew this one would pop up. How did you call in your partner? Wow, I feel like I was calling him in for a really long time (laughs) up until meeting him, but something really shifted for me last December. And I have talked about this a little bit before, but I got to the end of November and I was totally burnt out and I dedicated the whole year to work. And I was just like, you know what? I can't go another year not being in a relationship. I'm so ready to be in a relationship. So I spent all of December just completely stepping away from work. I went and spent time with my family in Melbourne. I went up the coast in Melbourne to see more extended family. I spent a week with my sister and my niece. I went to Byron Bay. I literally completely stepped away from work and I gave myself permission to focus on other parts of myself. And I began exploring play. Play became a really big theme for me in December, play and pleasure. So I feel like in December, my whole energy shifted. I moved into this really lighthearted, 
like happy, whole, radiant kind of energy and work wasn't my dominant focus through December. And then right at the end of December was when I met him. My sister and my niece had been staying with me for a week and I'd spent the whole week just like my heart was bursting and I was so happy and playing with my little niece and her telling me that she loved me all the time. And I was just feeling so full. And as they were about to leave, this guy who I'd connected with a few weeks earlier messaged me and asked me out the next night. And I was feeling so lighthearted that I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I wasn't trying to meet my husband and call in my soulmate and I wasn't serious about it. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm like in a really great mood. And this guy's asked me out. So awesome. Let's go. And I went on the date with like no expectations, no agendas, no real intention, to be honest. It was summer. We were just going to go have a drink. I was feeling good. And I honestly think it was clicking into that vibration of play and lightheartedness and happiness and getting out of serious, heavy work mode, really shifting my energy. I think that's what allowed me to call him in and made me really magnetic to him. And um, yeah, pretty special the way it all came together, completely not through me planning and controlling it. It, it came to me and it found me. All right. Another couple of ones on relationships here. How to love and form relationships without attachments and expectations. Wowzers, that's a tough one. Look, if you have attachments and expectations play out in relationships, don't be hard on yourself about it because we can really beat up on ourselves. But instead, just catch it in the moment when it does happen. Firstly, I think to reduce the tendency to go into attachment and codependency, make sure you still really are focusing on yourself. Make sure you have a really thriving life outside of the relationship, that you have so many things in your life that get you feeling good outside of just that person. So when you're noticing yourself feeling attached and clingy and needy, you've got things that you can go put your energy and focus onto instead that will help fill you up outside of the relationship. And when an expectation comes up, what I've tried to do is really check in with myself and notice, is this something I'm projecting onto my partner? Am I being demanding and unrealistic and having too high standards and expectations? Or is there a legitimate need in this relationship, a legitimate thing that is concerning or bothering me that I actually really need to express? And I think it's up to you to get to know yourself well enough to know when it's just your own stuff you're projecting and when there's something really important that you actually do need to talk about and express. Okay, how can you up level and be your true self so that you can attract support and men that are right? Mm. So when it comes to attracting in things that are right for you, first of all, get really, really clear on what you want. Get really clear on what you want to receive. Write it out. And if there's anything that's in your life at the moment that's not in alignment with that, have the courage to let it go. Then once you can see really clearly what it is that you want to receive and attract, ask yourself, who would I need to be to be in alignment with that? What would I need to be feeling? What would I need to be believing? What is the version of myself that is in alignment with what I want to attract? And then ask yourself every day what you can do to step into being that person. There are things that you can do within yourself to embody that energy and show up as that person, even before the people or the support have been brought into your life. Really ensure that as you're calling things in, you're trusting your intuition, you're not ignoring red flags, you're really paying attention to how you feel. 
and get clear on your non-negotiables around what you want to receive. So, you know, things for me that were really important were integrity, honesty, someone honoring their word, um, consistency. So a consistent communication, consistent um, wanting to spend time together, aligned values, a certain way of communicating. So I was very, very clear on what was a non-negotiable for me to receive and I didn't compromise on that. So I think to ensure you're attracting what is right, you need to get really clear on what you want, step into the person that's in alignment with that and then remain really tuned into your intuition as you're calling things in and don't ignore any red flags that come up. Now we've got some questions around life coaching and business. So uh, people have asked, where did you do your life coaching course? I studied at the Coaching Institute in Melbourne. I did their 12-month Certificate 4 program back in 2012. Someone also asked, where did you study to become a life coach with a focus on spirituality? Um, And what I want to say here is that my coach training didn't focus specifically on spirituality at all. I learned a lot of coaching modalities, um, the ability to ask great questions, NLP tools, behavior change strategies. And then I weaved that in with my own personal spiritual philosophy, life experience, my intuitive wisdom and the principles that I live by to really create my own very unique coaching style and way of working with people. How did you get your very first coaching client? Uh, As soon as I started my life coach training, I began coaching for free. So I began taking on pro bono clients. And then at the time I was also writing on a blog. So I was sharing my journey of training to be a coach on the blog. And when it came to being ready to take on paid clients, I put a little note out on my blog for some discounted coaching sessions and some people contacted me to work with me. I also sent out some messages to my friends and said, hey, I'm looking for some coaching clients um, to continue uh, practicing with. If you know anyone who wants some support, send them my way. And I offered a very um, affordable initial program to be able to just continue to build up my skills and um, ensure that it wasn't too much of an investment when I first started. So it wasn't too hard to get the clients to begin practicing on. How many one-on-one coaching sessions do you do in a day or a week? Uh, None really at the moment. I'm actually not really coaching at the moment, Um, but I would, when I was doing a lot of coaching, I'd sometimes coach about five sessions a day. And at my peak, I was also uh, doing corporate coaching and I was coaching three days a week. So five sessions on a Wednesday, five sessions on a Thursday and four sessions on a Friday, which is a lot. So 14 sessions over three days. I wouldn't recommend it, but that, yeah, that was my peak. I also got a lot of questions around how did I set up my business? So how did I transition out of my day job? How did I learn how to set up the business? Um, Advice for people wanting to get into this career, uh, marketing stuff, how to set up an online business, all of that. Now, It's been quite, quite the journey, to be honest. And I teach a lot of this in my Dream Creator Mastermind program. So I actually have created a whole program that guides you through the entire process I went through to really follow my heart and set up my business. But basically where I would suggest you begin is with creating some type of platform. Mine was a blog. It could be an Instagram, a Facebook, a YouTube, a podcast, whatever type of platform that you can begin to share your messages, your wisdom and who you are. Let people get to know you. Let people hear what you have to say, receive value from you, become part of your community. That was the first thing I really did was I spent a long time building up a community while I still had a day job. 
Then once I'd had my community kind of thriving, I began to offer my services. So you then need to get clear on what it is that you want to offer, how you're going to make money, what it is that you want to help people with and contribute. And then it's about putting that out there and actually really sharing and advocating for and and promoting to some extent what it is that you do. And this isn't about forcing it down people's throats and getting really salesy and um, needing to get clients and, and all that stuff that you hear people talk about. For me, it's that when people really get to know you and they trust you and they know that what you share is valuable because they've consumed a lot of your content already, they're pretty open and willing to learning about how they can dive deeper with you. So for me, it was really just about building relationships through offering a lot of value and content with my community, then offering my service and obviously receiving money for that. And then I began transitioning out of my day job. So I spent about a year, uh, firstly, while I was in my job, studying my coach training, coaching for free, then beginning to do a little bit of um, paid coaching that was at a lower rate and then gradually building up the amount of clients that I had. And then eventually I launched an online course. Um, I think online courses are really supportive and launching that online course gave me uh, the money that I needed to be able to resign from my day job and get into my business full time. You used to have a course about journaling. Can you make another one? Yes. Well, last year I hosted a 21 days of journaling course that was awesome. I loved it. And this year I'm going to be hosting something similar. So in November, I'm hosting a three to four week journaling and online workshop series. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. I'll definitely share more about that on my Instagram, my newsletter and the podcast. All right. How do you trust divine timing when it comes to your goals, especially when you feel like giving up? First of all, listen to my episode number 84 on the divine plan, surrendering to the divine plan. I think you'll find that really supportive. But what I have found with this when what we're wanting isn't manifesting and we want to give up is I would focus more on the lessons and the learning and the growth around this experience for you, because sometimes things are delayed either because we're not ready or there's things within us that are blocking it, or there's still inner work we have to do to fully be able to receive it. And also sometimes things are delayed because from a soul perspective, your soul's more concerned with your growth and expansion as a person and as a soul and as a being than it is about whether or not you hit your goal. So see if you can focus more on uncovering who are you becoming through this process? What are you learning? What's the growth opportunities here? And then focus more on that rather than just getting the end outcome. Similar question here. How do you let go of a dream when it wasn't working out? Um, Let go and trust, but really trust that something will come back to you if it's meant to be and get and integrate the lesson from that experience so you don't repeat it again. So if something you wanted didn't work out, why was that? What can you learn from that and what can you change in future? Um, But otherwise, just trust that if you're letting something go, it's because you're making space for something better. Okay, another question here. Can you talk about being an empath or highly sensitive person, what it means and how you understand it? To me, it means that you're just really sensitive to energy. You feel things deeply. You can feel other people's emotions and energy changes. You can sense and feel the energy in a space or a room. And in turn, it means you can really easily take on other people's stuff. 
So you can actually feel other people's feelings and sense what's going on for other people. And then you then in turn begin to confuse other people's emotions with your own. You can make what you're feeling and sensing about others mean something about you, even when it doesn't. And then we get caught in people pleasing or trying to make other people happy because when we alleviate their discomfort, it alleviates our discomfort. (laughs) So we just have to know as an empathic, highly sensitive person, I'm definitely one how to support ourselves with that. We have to have, and I'll get into this in the next question, we have to have a lot of things that we set up to support our own energy and nurture and take care of ourselves because we just feel things much more deeply than other people. So this leads on to the next question, which is what are the best ways to protect your energy from other people's energy and cleanse yourself? I remember someone saying this to me years ago about the importance of wrapping yourself in a bubble of white light. And you can definitely do that. Just imagine in your mind's eye that you are surrounded in and wrapped up in a bubble of white light. I also use energetic shields. So if I can feel someone's energy coming at me um, and and I don't like it, I imagine there is a shield over my heart and belly where the energy just bounces back to them. So it can't permeate me. And I put my energetic shield up all the time and just imagine their energy bouncing back and not being able to touch me. Use sage and Palo Santo to cleanse your space and cleanse your body, cleanse your car. You can cleanse off negative energy that way or also get energy healings and clearings through practitioners. So a kinesiologist, a crystal healer, an energy healer, a Reiki practitioner, anyone that helps shift energy and then do a lot of self-care. Just make sure you have a lot of self-care to be nurturing and taking care of yourself. All right, final couple of questions. What do you do when you feel stuck and you have no idea how to move forward? I would say allow the stuckness for now. Don't fight with it or resist it because that'll make it worse. What you resist persists. See if you can make peace with where you are, accept the confusion and accept the stuckness for now, but then continue to tune into yourself and just continue to make space to be with yourself, to journal, to listen to your feelings, to ask for guidance and signs and messages, and just be patient. You are always being guided. There is clarity always there, but it will come to you in the right time and in the moment that you most need to hear it. How to get through healing without dwelling in the lows for too long. I would say know what shifts your state. So you need to allow yourself, yes, to fully feel the heaviness or the darkness of your healing journey, but then also know what shifts you out of it and try to draw on that every day, whether it's a little dance party, you know, you throw at home, getting a massage, going on a nature walk having a bath, having a cold shower, chatting to a bestie, listening to a high vibe podcast, and also ensure you're practicing gratitude every day for what you do have and for what is going well, because that will pull you out of that space of dwelling on what isn't working. All right. Second last one here is about receiving divine guidance. People have asked around, how did I start to channel messages? How did I begin to receive this guidance? Um, and, And how do I receive it at the moment? So it started for me years ago with meditation. Um, just beginning to quieten my mind and then begin to hear little loving wisdom come through whenever I would calm down enough and drop into my body. And when I say loving wisdom, I just mean nicer thoughts, you know, loving, kind thoughts. 
Then I would journal and I would start doing Q&A journaling with my intuition, asking questions, um, open-ended questions, and just writing down whatever came through. Then I started to build a really consistent tuning in practice where I would make a lot of time to do this meditation and journaling. And then the, the guidance that was coming through just got louder and louder and clearer and clearer. And I, I now receive it in my right ear really quite loudly and at any time. There's nothing I have to do to turn that on. It just begins to flow in my ear, particularly if I ask for it. Um, other times it just drops in. And I also see images. So sometimes I'll just see images or pictures appear on my mind's eye. And that is like uh, usually a metaphor or an image showing me something um, that I need to see or know. When it comes to tapping into your intuition, your inner guidance and all of that, we dive a lot deeper into that in Slow Down and Tune In. And that's really where I teach you this whole process of being able to receive guidance in the way that I do. All right, final question. If you have a big decision to make, what do you do and how do you end up at the final choice? <sighs> For me, I just really tune in. You know, I know I say this a lot, but it takes time to find and feel for what is right. It takes time to sift through all of the noise in your mind. Um, it takes time to hear your inner guidance. I don't always know the answer right away. So I'll do a lot of things like taking myself on walks. I'll process all the emotion around the decision. I will um, move my body through it. I will meditate on it and journal on it. And I'll do my best to not ask other people's opinions because that can really cloud your inner guidance. But ultimately for me to make a final choice, it's got to feel right in my body. It's just got to feel right in my body. And that is pretty much the way I make all my choices is, does this feel fully right in my body? Can I be completely okay with this? And then I go, yep, let's do it. Whew, that was a big episode. <laughs> that was a lot of talking. Um, I hope that you've all enjoyed all the range of different topics that I got to dive into and explore there. As you can hear, my voice is a little croaky. <laughs> that was a lot of talking, um, but I've absolutely loved getting to answer all of your questions. Thank you so much for asking them. And I will let you know when the next Q&A episode is coming so you can send through your questions as well. I'll most likely do that on Instagram. So if you're not following me there, come and find me at Connie underscore Chapman. So on a final note, if you are interested in joining Slow Down and Tune In, remember enrollments close this Sunday, the 6th of October. This is your last chance to secure your spot in the program. I would love to support you through that. So please go to ConnieChapman.com slash tune in to read more about the course and secure your spot if you would love to join us. So thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Awaken Radio. I really hope that you have enjoyed it. If you love this episode, ensure you are subscribed on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your podcast app. Share this episode and tag me. I would love to know uh, your favorite takeaway from this episode. And I really hope that everything I've shared here has deeply supported you. All right. I think that is enough talking from me for now. Uh, sending you all lots of love. Thank you for tuning into the show again. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. <laughs>